There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. Live musicians and a real audience. This was Blossoms playing at Sefton Park in Liverpool last Sunday in front of 5,000 people, not a face mask in sight. The gig was part of the government's events research programme, which is piloting ways of getting venues open and crowds back into them. The next test is the biggest yet, with a global audience watching. The Brits 2021. 4,000 people will watch Jack Whitehall host the biggest event in the UK's music calendar at the O2 Arena. There'll be acts like The Weeknd, Dua Lipa and Coldplay performing. It's an enormous undertaking that will be monitored by scientists with implications for how the country brings live entertainment back after the pandemic. Joining me now to explain how it's all going to be done is Brit spokesman Janara Castaldo. And first of all, Janara, the awards may have been delayed from February but you must be delighted to have them at all. That's right. I mean, the Brits team organising are absolutely thrilled that it's going ahead and it's going to go ahead with a live audience. In fact, it was always going to go ahead. Uh, it was going to take place in some shape or form, even if it was just behind closed doors and filmed, uh, because it's very important to, to celebrate that that night in British music. But music's been so hugely important to the public generally. You know, we've seen lots of research and a rise in music consumption generally uh, ever since lockdown began. So people have turned to music. We know how much it means to them. So having this moment where we can all come together, celebrate, but also reflect uh, on the past year or so, I think was important. But of course, once we knew that we were part of the pilot scheme, then that, that changed the whole dynamic. So what does that mean then to be part of this scheme? Taking part means two key things. One is that it will hopefully be a very important stepping stone in the return of live music at scale. So all those venues that have been on their knees around the country, uh, in London and elsewhere, if it all goes to plan, and if the feedback and research suggests that it's been successful and you can take place and contain the spread of any infection, then it means that government can inform their future policy and start to open things up sooner rather than later. So that's a hugely important, significant. But the other thing is, once we knew it was taking place, we thought, well, How can we make it really special? How can we reflect? And of course, the obvious thing was to say, we want to invite as many essential workers as we can who have really helped to get the country through the pandemic um, and lockdowns these past, um, well, more than a year now. And so we decided that the fairest, best way to do that was to carry out a ballot, which took place some days ago. We've got all our guests. So there's at least 2,500 key workers and their guests. And then on top of that, 
there's another 1500 or so that are from the industry, either they're the nominees or their guests, they're the labels, everyone involved uh, but behind the scenes. And of course, it, it's been their generosity because they've they're funding their their participation, as it were. So that's helping to to essentially fund the the, the involvement of all our, our um, invited guests. And all those guests amounts to a lot of people who are all going to be all together in one enclosed space during a pandemic. How is that going to be done safely? Once they're inside, uh, and I should say, firstly, they need to take all the precautions traveling there, of course. They, they need to carry out a lateral flow test to demonstrate that they're, they're negative, uh, and that will actually allow them uh, to get in on the day itself. They need to have that on, on their phone. So make sure you charge up your phone, of course. And then separately, they're also being invited to take part in the kind of the experiment of the actual sort of pilot itself. So they're being asked to take a PCR test before and after. So that's the stuff I, I guess the the, uh, the scientists want to get hold of to understand whether or not infection uh, is spread as a result of that. And then they need to be part of track and trace so they can get in touch and sort of follow up in the usual way. With a bit of luck, everyone coming in will be negative. They'll be they'll make sure they've got that all locked down as it were, and everyone can have the best time. And we can emerge out of this, not only with having had a celebration of music, but the knowledge that it's gone really well. There's been no transmission of the, uh, the infection, and then we can start to open up other events in future. And once they're there, they should have the best time as they normally would. There'll be 4,000 in total. Normally it's 12,000, but we're hoping that those 4,000 will make the same amount of noise as, as a full capacity uh, audience would. Oh, I'm sure they will. But then again, the O2 Arena does hold, I think it's 20,000 normally. So they're going to have to really make a lot of noise to make up for that crowd size, aren't they? And I think they will. Yeah, no, the reason we only have 12,000 normally is because there's a huge amount of staging. Normally, uh, a large part of the sort of the, the, the ground floor is taken out by uh, obviously the staging. Typically in the past, you've seen tables as well, but they, they won't be there. Um, so really, it, it, it's partly because of the limits, but also because all the staging taking place uh, uh, does take up space. But we're confident that 4,000 will make a huge amount of noise. I think there's going to be so much pent-up excitement uh, and people just wanting to have the best time. And of course, they'll have access to refreshments and food and all those things. It's going to be like a normal gig. But I think people want to come not just because it's the Brits, but I think they realise it's almost a historic moment. Yeah, And one day they'll be able to look back and say, I was at that first one after lockdown, and it was part of a scientific experiment almost. So I, I think there's that aspect to it which will excite people also. Yeah, it does feel like this kind of, it's almost like an icon of Britain opening up again, really, isn't it? Here come the Brits, we... We, we will keep going. And I, I, what I think is going to be really interesting is how the artists who are performing on the night are going to react to, for the first time in a long time, a great big bunch of people out in front of them singing back their songs again, which is kind of why you go into music in the first place, isn't it? I think they're going to be thrilled. I mean, we had a quote from Dio Lipper, who's going to be, I'm sure, one of the stars of the show, and she's multi-nominated as well, just saying for her, it's an incredible thrill to, to be there performing at all in front of an audience, but a special honour to be doing it in front of the, the essential workers or the NHS staff, social care workers who've got us through. So I think they're going to be very mindful of that. And, and what's also great, and we've got some other amazing performers, obviously Dua Lip has been confirmed, Arlo Parks, Hedy One, uh, Griff, who's the Brits rising star, she's already been advised of, of, of her win, so she can celebrate on the night. 
Uh, now, this is great fun. So Rag and Bone Man is paired up with Pink and the Lewisham and Greenwich NHS Choir. So this theme of the NHS is going to sort of kind of run throughout the, uh, the Brits. Also, we've got Olivia Rodrigo flying in from the States. She's actually already here, all bubbled up, I think, because obviously they still have to um, make sure that they take all the precautions. And we've got Coldplay, so that'll be very exciting. And I think it's just been announced that Weekend will also be involved. Let's do an ad break now. There's more from Gennaro in part two, where we talk about diversity in the Brits. And what's the point of awards anyway? Thanks for coming back. In this part of our conversation with Gennaro Castaro from the Brits, we look at how the awards have been celebrating diversity in the British music scene. Last year, they were criticised after the shortlist for Best Album was entirely male-dominated and only one woman was nominated in any of the categories where men and women were both eligible. That's not the case this year, as Gennaro explains. Women have done incredibly well, so the likes of Dua Lipa, Arlo Park, Celeste, uh, they've got three uh, nods. Jesse Ware's got two uh, nominations. And I think this is very significant. We've never had this before. So the, of the, the Blue Ribbon MasterCard uh, Album Award, four out of the five nominees uh, are women. So that's really exciting. Also, British rap, which has been flying over the last few years, rap and grime and hip hop, uh, that's hugely represented as well. So not just the really big names that we've got used to, like Stormzy and, and Dave and others, but AJ Tracy, who... It's just remarkable because he just releases by himself. So he's very much self-made. Jay Huss, Heady One, Young T and Bugsy. So names that we might not all be entirely familiar with, many of them from London. But it's very much been their year. They've really thrived musically, at least. And they'll be uh, they'll be celebrated. And there are loads of other nominations. So Ariana Grande and BTS, of course, that sort of Korean phenomena. So it'll be interesting to see if they win anything. Harry Styles, Leanne LaHavis, Little Mix. Um, Taylor Swift, of course, the 1975 and The Weeknd. So incredibly diverse, led by British artists, international acts in there too. Uh, and I think people will want to watch not just for the performances and Jack Whitehall, of course, who's really made the event his own very funny, but I think they'll want to see, you know, just the, all these different sort of nominated artists uh, and, and hopefully get their reaction. Because previous award shows, it's been a bit stilted, hasn't it? You know, you haven't had a live audience in there. It's, it's not been your ideal expression of how you'd want a show to take place. So this is the first chance where you've got a big audience enjoying the performances, watching nom- nominees get their wins. Uh, and then th- those artists can sort of share that very special moment with the fans. Um, and of course, it will go out massively on social media. Our partners are Amazon Music. So that's going to reach a, a huge global audience as well. Um, and we're inviting, of course, the whole country to watch. I, I think many people will It'll be on ITV and ITV Hub. So uh, the 11th of May at uh, eight o'clock. So we hope the whole country will be watching. And we think they will because this is a real um, sort of um, invite to participate, isn't it? It, it? It's a moment we've all been waiting for to share in a live uh, um, moment like that. It's interesting, actually, that you mentioned previous award ceremonies feeling a little bit stilted. I was just thinking about just a few weeks ago, actually, the Oscars and how they did everything they could to try and bring the glam back to that ceremony. They made people dress up. They made them go to different locations uh, around the world. But it didn't, it didn't seem to quite work. It didn't gel because nobody was in the same place. And I feel like we need a big 
glamorous awards ceremony, don't we? We need something like the Brits. Totally. I mean, awards ceremonies work on so many levels. On the one hand, they're just brilliant entertainment uh, for, for all the family, all ages. There's something there uh, yeah, for, for people of all backgrounds. But it's also about celebrating British talent, not just behind the mic, where we excel and we do so incredibly well. One in every 10 streams around the world are by British artists. And and you know, it's a great success story for the UK and the record labels that invest in, in them. Uh, but but at the same time, uh, I, I think it's it's also just about celebrating that remarkable diversity that really is a feature of British music now, including all the grassroots that's been coming up. It's possible that in the past we didn't fully capture and reflect that, uh, but that's been addressed in recent years, and that's definitely there. But, but I, I think just that sense of an audience connecting with their favourite artists, um, you know, through TV, through social media, watching it perform live, when we haven't had that, that joy, that moment for the past year or so. Um, and I think there's a sense of growing relief and hope that we're, we're starting to come out of lockdown and that things might become a bit more usual and regular. So something as iconic as, as this night acts as a sort of a, 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 a signal, really, that things maybe are changing and that hopefully we can be more optimistic going forward. Can this trickle down to other venues? Can success here at the Brits make a difference to a, a smaller venue, for example? Can we show if we could do it at the Brits, you can do it somewhere else? Absolutely, it can. And, and that's really the whole purpose of, of, of taking part in, in the event research programme. It's kind of understanding what, what conditions you need to create in order to enable any kind of concert or, or event to take place in terms of the ticketing, the security arrangements, the whole process of how you communicate with the audience. So in this instance, everyone lucky to, to attend will be receiving multiple communications from the O2, who I should say are absolutely brilliant. They've done the most amazing job. They've put on 500 you know, fully trained staff who will be able to actually sort of help everybody on the night get in as quickly as possible, seated, deal with all their, their particular needs in a very safe and secure way. Um, I, I should have said, although we, we've got 4,000 fans, there's going to be about 1,200 people working uh, on the night, all the crews, all the teams involved, and, and all the, the O2 sort of gang as well to make sure that uh, it's going to be the most brilliant sort of night. So I think we can take the learnings from all of that um, and government can certainly take that and that will inform their future policy and that will hopefully allow live venues, nightclubs who have been really badly hit as well. And we know that one club has already taken part in the pilot scheme to start opening their doors again and to get people in safely with the right precautions. And even looking at things like air conditioning and you know, the flow of it, all those things are very, very important because we, we know that they, they contribute to 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 the infection maybe sort of being passed on. So it's understanding all those things, getting people queued up and in in a certain way and, and leaving and exiting in another way, just getting those sort of flows. And of course, the more we do this, the better we'll get. And it will probably become part of our new normal where things will never quite be the same again. So for example, we're ticketing as well. So all, all the, the, the names of the, the, uh, the, the people that are going to be coming along that were successful in the ballot uh, and others who, who have acquired tickets to get in uh, from the music industry, that, that's all been passed on to the O2. So the O2 have made sure that they've kind of created a digital ticket and if and people download their app, um, all the details will appear on their app uh, so that when they uh, turn up, all they have to do is show their phone um, and yeah, they'll be scanned and they'll get in. So I think we're not going to have any more paper tickets sort of going forward. And that will have other brilliant knock-on benefits because it should prevent, um, you know, kind of the secondary ticket uh, ticket market and, and uh, 
you know, all, all the people sort of um, you know, s- selling tickets outside that, that you once used to get. So that's great news for fans as well, that it means that it should avoid, you know, all, all the all the problem that you get with that. So um, I, I think we've suffered a great deal. There's been lots of really bad things happen. And obviously people that have lost loved ones uh, have, have felt it more acutely than most. But hopefully there'll be some good things to come out of this in terms of how we move forward as well and 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 learn um, and, and make experiences even better going forward. And is there anything else unique about this that's taken place? Um, well, well, one thing we always uh, pride ourselves about is, is that we invite a leading designer to sort of design the Brit statuette each year. You know, we've had great names in the past, you know, like, like Damien Hirst, for example, and Vivian Westwood. Um, and But this year we've, we've done something slightly different. Again, uh, uh, I think shaped by our, our, our Brit's chair, co-chairs, uh, and we've invited two designers uh, to sort of come up with a sort of a, a dual element. So we have Yinka Laurie, who's the most amazing sort of designer, very in demand uh, from London. I uh, use his color in a way that no other designer has. He's just remarkable. And I'd invite people to check him out. Uh, so he's kind of creating the main statuette. But there's a sort of a, an accompanying, you can call it a hero or baby statuette, Brit statuette that goes with it, designed by Ez Devlin, who's also hugely in demand. And the idea is that um, anyone receiving the main statuette is given this secondary one that they can then pass on to uh, a hero um, of their choice, whether that's a frontline worker that they happen to know or they've heard about, um, somebody else who's done something remarkably selfless, or it could be a family member, but somebody that they think deserves that bit of uh, attention and praise and acknowledgement for what they've been doing these past few months. So we think that's a really lovely touch. And we're hoping that on the night, whoever the recipients are, but then also say, and my my little baby Brit is going to go to so-and-so. Um, and it, it's this idea of trying to connect with the community, recognising the sort of hero, heroic commitments and contributions that so many people have actually made from the NHS sort of frontline workers and social care workers to you know, people collecting, you know, all our waste and uh, transport workers, our teachers, everybody involved in keeping the country going uh, during lockdown. So, that's a bit of a, a, um, of a twist this year, which we hope will go down nicely. And I guess we'll, we'll, we'll carry on in future years as well. The Brits will be held on the 11th of May. We'll have loads of coverage in the Evening Standard and standard.co.uk. And that's the leader for this week. We're back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.